You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today we are here with Doc Slepkowski, Jerry Cortman, uh, from J.R. Cortman Center for Design. You opened in 1986 at your, your concept store in an art gallery. To walk us through that, what is a concept store? Well, a concept store, when actually we first opened back in 1986, we referred to it as a design store, and that was even sort of misunderstood in the sense that Actually, if you want to get real basic about it, it's a gift shop. But okay. it's kind of like a themed gift shop or a juried gift shop where design was our, our theme. So, like, for instance, we might have a water kettle and they're designed by Michael Graves or yeah. a watch that's designed by uh, Philippe Stark. Or, so there's, there's everything has kind of a design pedigree to it, kind of that. And the store has also expanded and changed over the years. Uh, you have to do that when you're in a small business. You have to keep evolving because uh, time's change and you know we've been in business 32 years that's a generation so yeah. it's a, you know you start out in retail it's a whole nother way of looking at it today as we all know and and then upstairs we have an art gallery and we feature mostly local artists because we wanted to provide a forum for artists uh, local artists to show their work and also in a in a in a business way, you know, yeah. proper, not as a sort of a charity. As a matter of fact, we used to have, have on the wall in Esperanto, it said Arto Kai Comerco, which meant art and business. And the idea of that was that art should garner money for people. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't yeah. be just a charity, how, how it sometimes is viewed that way. So that, that was the idea behind the whole thing. So. And now you mentioned change. You also, you, you also used the word there, Esperanto. Now, at one point in time, I'm familiar with this because I was there, there was a, what was it, a cafe yes, upstairs? Ca- upstairs was Cafe Esperanto and okay. the Cortman Gallery at the same time. Yeah. We, we considered the walls the Cortman Gallery. We, we considered the space within as Cafe Esperanto. And we wanted it to be an international cocktail and coffee bar. And we okay. came up with the, the term Esperanto since it was a synthetic language developed by a Polish oculist, uh, Dr. <laughs> Zamenhof, after World War I. To, so people could all speak sort of a common language without having any cultural baggage that goes along with it. Like, you know, if it's a French, if you speak French, well, you can't help learn about France or Germany about German. So he thought, why don't we make up a, a language that doesn't have any cultural baggage and it's a neutral language. We can all speak to each other. And if we can communicate better, there'll be more peace on earth. So, and that's the that's from that's the, uh, and the, the etymology of Esperanto. Yes, Esperanto. Mm-hmm. It means mm-hmm. one who hopes is the is the is the translation of Esperanto in Esperanto. And actually, there are still There's a group in Paris. We saw them. Uh, they're all around the world. Uh-huh. There's one in Tokyo. Esperanto uh-huh. people that sit around and speak Esperanto to each other and and read. Really? <laughs> yes, uh-huh. uh, yeah. yes, they read wow. books and you know, me dankes is thank you. You know, so there's a little bit of German in it, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, like sort of Spanish sounding words, Italian. So that's, we wanted it to have this kind of international flair. And we would, I also work for Delta Airlines. So I travel a lot and I bring magazines back from all over the world and and cigarettes back in the day (laughs) when you used to be able to smoke up there. And we also introduced Rockford to cappuccino and espresso. And we actually Mm -hmm. ordered our machine from Italy because there was, none was really available in the United States. So, uh, and people would go, what is this cappuccino? I mean, seen, I mean, people couldn't even pronounce things. Of course, yeah. now you can get it at the mobile station, but right. back then it was pretty exotic. And, um, and like I say, these are sort of even pre-Starbucks days. So this is, you know, or at least for this area. And, well, the reason, uh, one of the reasons when uh, we started talking about inviting you guys in is that um, Rockford, Illinois used to have a very vibrant downtown, but when you guys opened in 1986... You were about it. So can you walk us through the decision 
to open in an area that in 1986 probably wasn't too promising. Uh, okay. We thought it was really important at the time to have a strong urban core. And we noticed that the center of Rockford, the downtown area, was pretty much being ignored because of all the malls that were built. And, you know, the malls provided a certain convenience and probably safety factor that people really liked. However, we were noticing even back in the 80s a brain drain. A lot of our friends whose kids were getting older, they were moving away. And where were they moving? They were moving to urban areas. They weren't moving to the suburbs. They weren't moving to the mountains of the countryside. They were going into urban areas uh, where there's also a good vibe and things going on. So actually, this is the whole idea behind the cafe. We were just going to do the store, but we added the cafe concept because, well, along with the art because we felt we needed it needed to be a gathering place. And also to show, sort of show to the, the business community community in Rockford that downtown is not going to have YZs or Marshall Fields or the big department stores anymore. It's going to be different. It's going to be, we have to redefine it and think about it in a different way. And we could put together a store, this concept store or this design store that nobody else, not the malls or no one else, because our, our competition in a way would be a Hallmark store. Yeah. But at the same time, we were not that. So actually getting money for the store and the, and the whole concept was rather difficult in some ways because uh, they would say, can you, sh you know, in your business model, please cite examples of other stores in the area that are like this. And, you know, what we tried to say to the banker is <laughs> there is no store in the area like this. That's why we're doing it. You know, if there are other stores like this, we wouldn't <laughs> bother with it. And there were stores like it in Chicago or New York, but we didn't feel we wanted to do that because they already had that. You know, sure. our, our idea was to fill a void here. And uh, it is pretty know. unique. I, I mean, you and you have changed through the years. I've recognized that, and I used I did go to Cafe Esperanto back. Oh, I don't know, twenty years ago. Where I was, <laughs> we I closed was in two thousand. Yeah. yeah, it was it was while it was a while ago. Jason's um, turning forty soon. Yeah, so he's that's dating true. himself here. <laughs> it's <thing>. happening. <laughs> it's okay. I, you know, 39, 41, 40, It doesn't matter. Uh, but but yeah, you you have changed, and 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 it is a unique store. There is really I, I mean, like you say, I'm, I, I was to New York recently, and and. You can you can walk into some uh, some retail shops there and you're like oh wow this is really classy and they've got some very unique things like you you know mentioned a tea kettle but it's curated and and you're doing the same type of thing but you're doing it in an area that kind of doesn't expect it mm -hmm. right and that's actually how we have one of the reasons why we've survived in business this long because we haven't done it on price points it's been on being unique yeah. you know people come in the store looking for something different as a matter of fact tell them about sales you know when we try to do sales. If we put th something on sale, have a special sale or something, put red dots or yellow dots, uh, those things don't seem to sell. Really? People, they're, it's not, they're not looking necessarily for something inexpensive. They're looking for something different, something unique that you can't find everywhere else. Something with a bit of character. A bit of character, just, yeah, something unique, something that... Do you uh, think your buyer, is, you know, I, the idea of clearance, do you, do you think that your buyer wants to wants the thing that everybody else would that they don't want the thing that nobody else wants so if it's on clearance well clearly must nobody must want that so i don't want it either yeah, why yeah. do you think that doesn't work well you know you're, you're in, that's an interesting point 
because I because we've tried to sort of figure this out because sometimes yeah. you know we'll do like blue dots and everything's twenty yeah. percent blue dot or because Kmart but, went out of business so you're gonna right, or whatever it was right. uh, <laughs> it's an easier way rather than remarking everything because we still right. hand make our, yeah. our tags yeah. our price tags we do not have a computerized system you yeah. know. We still kind of our work. inventory is in our head, right? Uh, I mean, that's tell, kind of tell our accountant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know they, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> or our banker, they always kind of laugh at us because I mean, neither of us are really money people, you know. And yeah. we uh, we're thing people, and we like to sell things. And actually, when we went to the bank, and how we actually got, I think convinced the banker to give us money is that we brought them a kaleidoscope. We brought them like a Michael Gray's water kettle. Or remember we brought them <laughs> that time, Maya bowl? Uh-huh. That's the time when they had the cafe, we brought cheesecake. Cause yeah. We sold cheesecake up in the cafe really? when we originally opened, yeah. So he made a cheesecake and brought it to the banker because we thought, you know, we can't really justify, you know, our <laughs> figures, but we can show you what we want to do. Yeah. And, you know, and that, I think... It helped, helped a lot because yes, they you know they could visualize because even bankers kind of can see. You know, I mean, they <laughs> shop too. Because uh, there's one guy that I mean, we did get no's. Sure. It wasn't like the first one we went to, uh, and we also did get a small business loan from the city. Okay, but it was contingent on getting a loan from the right. bank. Yeah. But then the bank became contingent on whether we get the loan for the city. Oh boy! So, so this started going back and forth, back and forth, and and we we got to the point where we thought they're doing everything they can to make sure that we do not get into this business. <laughs> but we also got stubborn about it, and we thought they're not going to stop us, you know. And so we just sort of hung in there, and finally, I think I don't know if we talked to the bank or someone. We said someone's going to have to give here, and and yeah. you know someone's going to have to say yes, so the other person can also say yes, yeah. you know, and. So I don't know how we how that happened. Maybe it was another cheesecake. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we did get the money, and, and that helped. And, and, of course, not enough. Sure. You course. know, you never really do. But um, I shouldn't say never. But, I mean, uh, it, retail is such a an awkward thing to get money for because a banker will look at it as, boy, if this thing fails, it's 10 cents on the dollar. Right. You know, there's not much there. However, what we did is we pulled all our resources together yeah. and we bought the building. Okay. So now we had real so estate. We had, gotcha. And even though it was in a sort of a depressed area yeah. of the city, it's still, real estate is real yep, estate. It's, it's property, yep. you know, and that was the, that was kind of the clincher. So, I mean, I don't know if that's an advice to somebody starting out. You don't always have the opportunity to, to buy, buy the, the yeah, place, yeah. but... You know, there was a barber shop in there, and we didn't even know the place was for sale, but we liked the little building. And actually, we were trying to get into Stewart Square, which was okay. a development. Uh, which is like Kitty Corner to the Kitty Corner right. to us. Uh -huh. it, was a, it was a downtown. It was, it was DJ Stewart Department Store. It was, a, it was kind of Rockford's Lord and Taylor. It was a very oh, high-end okay. department store, beautiful store. But it closed and was had been abandoned. So a group of, uh, I think it was mostly women, acquired the building, and uh, they were selling tiles on the floor to, you know, help raise money. And they wanted to, you know, refund it and uh, and refurbish it and break it up into smaller, like office space on yeah. the upper floors and then smaller retail on the on the first floor. And actually where, which ended up being Kryptonite, a bar, yep. uh, mm -hmm. that was Porter Drugstores. That was not actually part of the, of the, 
the, the department store, even though it was in the same building right. of it, but and it had that balcony a, around the top of it, and that the balcony was the soda fountain, so people would go up there and have a green river or whatever. And I remember yeah. that actually as a kid. It makes me sound uh-huh. really old. <laughs> Probably went there too because it was always yeah. an experience to go to Porter's yeah. downtown. But we were going to go into that space because we liked the idea of the first floor being our store, and then mm-hmm. this balcony that wrapped around the entire space would be the gallery and cafe upstairs, and you'd look down into the store. Um, but anyway, they were just unable to. Yeah, well, it took too long for them to get done. And I had quit my job, so we were we needed to do something. Yeah, something so, had to happen. Right. So you had to. So kind we of... found the building, and we found out who owned it, and we approached him, whether it was for sale or not, and he said, "Sure, it's for sale." And uh, we offered him a price, or offered him, yeah, a price, and, and he said, "No, it's." What it is is what it is, so yeah, there was no nego- no, no, no negotiating. negotiating with it. So, but we had to come up with the money. But I mean, when you look at it today, it was a real bargain, you know. Yeah. But like I said, it ended up being really a smart move because we we had something now that we could actually you know uh, borrow. And then every Christmas, you always have to go and get extra money. You know how sure. that is to yep. you know increase your inventory. And how we would get that is I would offer them the keys and say, <laughs> "Here, take it. If, if you're not going to give us the money, then we're out of the business. You can take it." And they'd go, "No, we don't want it." <laughs> so here's more money. You know, it kind of was sort of interesting how that all right. worked. I, I'm being a little facetious, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But they and, probably did want, yeah. And yeah. the other thing that was kind of interesting. They want you to stay in business. They don't right. want your building. Exactly. Right. Right. The other thing that was kind of interesting about it was that uh, the banker, the guy we brought the cheesecake to, yeah. when we went to see him to get extra money, he would pull out our file and then it would be clips, like from the uh, Rockford Register, <laughs> you know, things that he cut out. Yeah. Because, and he was really impressed with that. Yeah. Because, like you were saying, uh, Alex, back in the day, we were one of the only games in town downtown. So if there was anything about small business downtown or anything happening downtown, we were the kind of the go-to people to ask questions to. And so we, and and also they were sort of baffled at it, you know, that we were there and that we like a year would pass and another year would pass, another year would pass. God, these guys are still there. So I think there was a sort of a curiosity about it. Also, I worked at the, I worked at First National. So I knew the the banker, Dick Peterson, and he was, he sort of was interested in it, more interested than when, You know, we were the owners, and so he kept clipping out information on us. And well, you are file. unique. I'm, I'm sure you're very unique, you know, For, back then. But yeah, I mean, even even today, you're 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 unique in this area. Well, it was interesting when we opened. The, the, this is they came and did an, a story, and we got a really. I mean, this is when there used to be a life and style section, and we were on the right. front page <laughs> of it, and they got our picture, and it was like something about good design and kaleidoscopes too was the headline, yeah. and they had this whole story inside and I'm explaining just what I had said earlier about how important it was to have a a strong urban core and uh, to keep young people here and you know all this I'm talking about (laughs) and explaining why we were downtown because they were so baffled at why we did choose to go down there and at the at the end of the interview the reporter said so if you're successful you move to a mall and it's like you just missed, I guess, everything I said to you just point. went over your head. Because we, we've said this to this day. We say, we're not interested in downtown because our business is there. Our business is there because we're interested in downtown. Right. We always felt that it was important to, to do that. And it's taken a long time to see things change. Just like other cities, uh, the only thing, we've been a little bit behind the curve. Here yeah. Is it, how is it 
feel now to see all this activity starting to happen downtown and actually seeing people walking around with dogs on the weekend because there's apartments down here? It's, you know, it, it feels really good. I mean, it, it is. It is. It's a great feeling. Uh huh. It's it's kind of neat, but at the same time, we still feel like it's still not. I mean, what happens? It, there's moments where it's like, hey, we're back. You know, you know, like city market nights. There are mm-hmm. certain things like that that really get you excited. But then there's also times when we go down there. I mean, you know, driving down. Uh, Maine, or I walk to work every day. We live downtown too, so okay. uh, I'm just nine blocks north of here. So I walk to work every day, but you know, you still go by a lot of empty buildings and you know, things that are abandoned, things that are crumbling, and uh, you know, there doesn't seem to be uh, the other thing that kind of happened is because the real estate downtown was so inexpensive, we did get a lot of out of town investors that bought these buildings with the idea that someday I'm going to pay, you know, pay 250000 and it's going to be worth $3 million. Right. But the thing is, is they just sit on it happen. and, yeah. you know, let it deteriorate. Well, it's never going to be worth that. You have to, what makes a building in a neighborhood valuable is what you do to it, what, what you put into it. You know, when you make things happen there, when you, you know, just turn the other way, then what, you, you, you know, it doesn't really accomplish anything. Which, which seems like it's also true of that, of, of the, the business that you're in too. You've, you could have kind of stayed the way that you were. You could have just held on a cafe. You could have not changed the interior. You could have not, you know, persisted in the gallery the way it was. But you've, you kind of, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, you have a method, uh, it seems, to keep an eye on what might be coming up next. Where, where do we fit and how can we change to, to be where the market is going? Yeah, you have to. You have to continually just be aware of what's going on outside and, around the world to uh, just stay in business and change as trends change, as people change. You have to keep changing, too. So how do you do that? Well, I mean, one thing is we travel a lot. Okay. Uh, so, you know, and I'm, we're shoppers. You know, we like to go out and look at stuff. And yeah. uh, that, I think, is an important thing we also like for instance we do not go to the trade show in chicago there's like you know the, the okay. chicago gift fair we go to the yeah. one in new york or we go to the one in san francisco okay because everybody here goes to the one in chicago and i'm not putting down the show it's, yeah. it's a great show but there's a different sensibility at both those shows and we've actually gone to frankfurt to the show to we went to paris yeah. to the show to get an idea because sometimes you don't necessarily buy so much there because the the problem like with going to shows in europe is they'll want you to buy a container of something. Like, you'll look at this and say, oh, that's a really nice vase. Well, do you want to buy a container? No, I just want six (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) You know, they kind of look at you funny. Um, But also, we do have a lot of suppliers that are over in Europe and in Asia, too. And uh, you really need to kind of see what the trends are. And that's what we would do. Just see, what are the colors? What are, you know, what are they showing? You know, like, you know, like, Pillows, toss pillows are sort of in or, you know, some of the things we don't always buy into because, you know, you still have a a vision and we do have an awareness of our customer base and what they like. And our Uh, store is more contemporary. It's not, uh, I don't know, it's not antiques and that type of thing, although we do bring in some 
art pieces and folk art and that type of thing mm -hmm. from Asia. Because that's, that's also become part of interior design elements mm -hmm. now. You know, like people have Buddhas in their house and they're not necessarily Buddhas, but they they look cool, you right. know, with a candle in front of it or something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, fortunately I go to Asia a lot and I, I comb the markets. Well, we also go to Paris and we go to, you know, Tian Court. We go to the, the, the different markets there. And so sometimes you find unique things, one of a kind, things like that. But, you know, it's... Uh, it, to keep the store, it's an interesting mix of things. And we also buy with the idea that there isn't anything here that we wouldn't take home. Gotcha. You know, like if it doesn't sell. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes we'll buy something and we'll say, boy, that's really cool, but we'll be eating that thing. <laughs> but right. The other thing that will happen is things will buy something and it'll sit there all year. And then it will be the next year uh -huh. it will sell. It's like, yeah. wait a minute, we've had this here for a year. <laughs> now, um how is the internet affecting your business? Now, I know you sell very unique stuff, so people from big stores are going to come in and get different things. But on the internet, I can f find something from China. I can find something from Japan. I can find something from South America. How are you guys uh, handling that? Uh, you, you can find probably everything that we have in the store online. However, um, I, a couple things going on here is, like I said, we look at ourselves as sort of curators. So, I mean, there isn't probably one site that you can go to and find the mix of merchandise that we have. Uh, the other thing is we've also believed in the shopping experience. Like I said, we like to shop. And I can buy things online, too, but I like going into stores. I like mm -hmm. to see how things look. We also know, as buyers for our store that we've gotten burnt before where, you know, I remember people used to send us discs, remember, with, you know, their latest goods on it, you know, suppliers and say, oh, that's really cool. And then we'd go to the trade show and we'd say, oh, my God, I'm glad we didn't order these things. To see it in person is sometimes a total different experience, too. This is the same thing with art. You know, you have artists mm. bring, or, you know, bring in slides of their work or, you know, images of their work, and it looks really cool. And then we say, you know, we really do need to come to your studio. We, or we need you to bring some pieces in. We need to see, you know, how it's executed. Because you know how you can make things look really nice. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, well, the, the, <laughs> these cameras are wonderful, but, you know, you can really make things look better sometimes than they, than they necessarily are. And you can also test the quality. But it's the experience of shopping. You know, we have video going. We have we really put a lot of effort into having a good playlist. And I mean, we gift wrap and yeah, do gift things wrap. that you don't get, you know. You're he hand ties getting. every bow, you know. It's, so it's it's an experience. And, they, and then they can yak to us. You know, if they see something, we can tell them about it. And everything in our store has a story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, we just got, we just ordered 12 of those. No, we'll tell you why we ordered them, how we found them, where we, you know. There's, and that whole, and th th that's just the way we are, too. We're, that's not even... We didn't realize that was necessarily good business. It's just the, the way we think about things, you yeah. know. So I, I think that that's another thing. The other thing, too, is when we've looked at doing things on the Internet, that's a whole other business. I mean, warehousing and shipping and people sending things back. and Technology has its limits. I mean, if I remember right, last year, uh, book sales went up and mm -hmm. e-books went down. Because people are starting to realize it's really a lot more fun to just read a book rather than, you know, stare at a screen the whole time. Sure. And we, we sell books, too, in the store. And we do – we sell a lot of them. But Ours are more tabletop art books or books on design, that type of thing. But people still enjoy opening a book and looking at – we don't read, but we like to look at pictures. So, <laughs> so I'm also curious. I mean, partnerships – can be hard, right? You, you've been working together for 32 years now? 
Were you, and obviously you must have been friends before. Yeah, sure. Has there ever been a point where it's like, oh, I just can't, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with Jerry today. Uh, <laughs> you know, and how did you get past that? Well, I think it does, you know, daily. Sometimes you get tired of the person you're working with, but um, it's never a, it's never been a real issue. No. Well, flying has also helped. Yeah, he, the fact that I fly because I go away like like. On Saturday now, I go to Amsterdam. I'll be gone for five days. So we've always had this time away from each other, and that that has helped out a lot. You know, you know, it, because you, and then also it gives me an opportunity to some, see something different. And you know, the other thing is, that, you know, the, my, the iPhone the has phone, really yeah. made such a big difference because I can photograph everything I see. I, you know, my first. I've been flying for 38 years, so my first 20 some years until the iPhone came along, I never had a camera. <laughs> so all the I have years of all this traveling that I have no images or just it's, oh, wow. I used to say, ich bin ein Kamera, you know, which is like, yeah. I am a camera and I, I just would hold it in here. But this is, a, and allows me to share it, you know, and, yeah. and bring things home and show yep. it to them. And, you know, and I, cause I got an iPhone the first week they came out and, you know, it's just to me, it was like, oh my God, this thing is made in heaven because it, it's not only a camera, <laughs> but it's a communication tool and I can, you know, call home and I can <laughs> right. send emails and, you know, that, has that changed a lot, you know, for just the way we operate our business? You know, it's it's made it a lot more convenient. The other thing too is about cards, because that tell them, you know, about when we why we started with cards, you know, having cards in the shop because it was hard to find. Yeah, because we were always interested. I I had a collection of cards that that I bought around the world when I would travel. Playing cards or postcards? No, po postcards. Uh, gift uh, gift uh, greeting cards. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. that because we have a. A line of greeting cards, several different lines of greeting cards that you don't find everywhere else. They're not the normal greeting cards. And so I had drawers full of them. And when we opened the store, we, we have to have unique greeting cards. So we're constantly looking for new cards that are, are art-related or just um, totally different than what you see. But that helped put us on the map because mm -hmm. people could come in and buy a card. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is it also allows a price point that you could come in and buy something for $2 or two fifty, sure. or whatever. Or you could buy something and find a card. And people would always say, you can't find these cards in Rockford, you know, because mostly Rockford was Hallmark or American Greetings. And they would be at the supermarket or what the Hallmark stores had. So we picked up on these alternative card lines because there were the, a lot of these stores that were also opening up across the country that had... Uh, Unique card lines. And and those are also companies that were small businesses just like us, just a few people in the, that did hand silk screen cards, or, and we still buy from these people. But the Internet and with the emailing and, and e-cards and things like that, it did take a dive. Hmm. But it's interesting. It's come back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our card sales have, have just flourished in the past couple of years where they were kind of going down that we were like wondering how much space should we really be devoting to cards but you know there's something about handing somebody a, a, a card you know and now I mean we've gone to birthday parties and Christmas where the cards are passed around and everybody looks at them and either yeah. laughs or oh isn't that sweet or whatever and it's giving it's like giving a gift almost and it's something you can put in a drawer and take it out and I still find cards from my sister that she gave me when I, you know, birthdays and things that, and, you know, they're kind of heartwarming. And, you know, it's not the same, like an email or, yeah. a, you know, a confetti. What do you attribute the re, kind of the rebirth, at least in this area, and, and for your store of the cards? What do you consider the, kind of the source of the, of the rebirth of that? Well, I think there's also 
there was a, a kind of a generation that sort of missed it, you know, that, and now are sort of rediscovering these things like, wow, I, you know, because a lot of our younger people that are coming in and buying mm-hmm. cards that, you know, didn't really, because they were all sending each other emails or whatever, right. they weren't, or texting or whatever. And, you know, it, it doesn't really necessarily replace it. It's just, it's, it's an enhancement. Because, I mean, this is how we've been, uh, I, I don't think retail, bricks and mortar will ever go away. Because that you cannot replace that experience on the internet. You know, you can maybe find the stuff. And then also, like I say, to find the the mix of merchandise and things that we have. I mean, there's there's that kind of personal touch that doesn't necessarily exist. I suppose if you went to somebody's eBay account, I don't know, but it's not the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you've, you've used a couple of words pretty consistently. One one is this idea of experience, and the other one was, was story. Not only, I think, of the individual items in there, that everything has a story, uh, but kind of that, the story of your of your store even. Uh, but then also this idea of, of that personal touch. You're going to be talking to someone who can explain the story behind this, and the store is an experience itself. I mean, you have it. I I've, I've been, was there just recently, and uh, the the layout of the store is unique and it's pleasing to the eye, and you want it makes you want to go in further and look at each little piece on every little shelf. Yeah, we used the term uh, for we had a marketing thing for a while. Explore, okay. and that's how we kind yeah. of we made the store kind of. Eyeless, you had to walk yeah, that you have to kind of, you know, have like these little, yeah. yeah, you have to kind of like sort of discover things, you yeah. know, and that, and that, uh, there again, it adds to the experience. We, and, and there again, the music and the, you know, that kind of thing. We have people that come sometimes on their lunch hour and say, we just like to come in here and listen yeah. to the music and look around. And it just sometimes, or I've had a bad day at the office. So, and, so, <laughs> and you know, and sometimes it's, you feel, oh, I wish you'd buy something. But at the same time, it kind of makes you feel good that, uh, you know, I guess the other thing, too, is we are not money people. Like I've said before, we're not. And and also, I obviously, you have to make a living at it. Sure. You have to make it work. But uh, at the same time, there's probably other things that we could have done with the, our investment and our time and maybe made more money out of it. But this is this is who we are. And it's, it's you a know, passion, yeah, passion that we have. And, and also, like, contributing to the community. I mean, making something taking an air being pioneers and you know all those kinds of things and maybe convincing other people to think about things differently and you know all those things i I think become sort of important yeah Um, and the people that we've met over the 30 years that's amazing that's and we still they're still coming around and we see them even our employees from cafe esperanto they're still our friends yeah that's that's a nice thing yeah and and i mean mayors shopped with, you know, politicians. We've always had this kind of really interesting mix of our, our customer base that we've always enjoyed so much, you know, and that's, that's you know, that's kind of, that's kind of rewarding. And like I say, maybe we sound kind of goofy about or sentimental about all this stuff, but that's, that's what's important to us, you know. And, uh, of course, I've never had a vision, and we were talking about this the other day, of, like, living in a big mansion or, you know, I don't know. I, that That's never interested me. Maybe when I was a kid, everybody dreams of that, but... As you get older, I, I just think more of a, a sense of accomplishment or, you know, making something happen or, yeah. you know, creating something that becomes more important. And also there again, we love art and all that, but neither of us are artists. So this is kind of the way we, you know, use our, our creative juices is in this business, you know, so it's fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You talk about the experience and I think the younger generation is, is starting to rec- realize or recognize that. I mean... Part of the fun of Christmas is going out to the stores 
and right. running into the people you don't see for 11 months because they're all shopping together. I, I could sit at home and buy my Christmas presents and have them shipped, but that's, there's no fun in that. My daughter, who's 15, every year when Ambrose Christmas Store opens, <laughs> that's the beginning of Christmas season. Sure. And we walk in there, and this year, you know, the owner of it said, hi, Hannah, because she's been going there since she's five years old. And we go three or four times every winter. But that's that's what she looks forward to at Christmas, exactly. is just walking around and seeing the cool stuff. Well, of course, just as a little kid. And, you know, it's, it's funny, like in Europe, they haven't really lost that as much as we have here in the United States. But, I mean, if you go to, to Paris or London, I mean, like in London, there's Selfridges and Harrods and, and Deba and you know John Lewis all these big department stores and they all have their still have their Santas and they have Christmas like carolers and store window yes, displays yeah, in Paris Printemps and Galleries Lafayette they still do the windows that are animated I mean it's such an experience you know to, to go to those things and it, it, it's we've have sort of lost that but and and christmas is i don't want to this sounds like really, coming back now with stroll yeah we're we're getting that here again because mm-hmm. there's that sense of community about the holidays too that doesn't happen any other time of the year you know mm-hmm. where people do come together yeah and and, and that's that's a real important thing like we finally have you know since stroll and state has happened uh, the, in rockford now the downtown tree is you know the official tree is downtown where it used to be you know up in Mississippi Park so you know they brought it down here again and that that whole idea it's funny when I was years ago my family decided Christmas has gotten too commercial and we're not going to buy any gifts okay. we're just going to yeah. mm-hmm. have a nice Christmas dinner and we're going to sit around the fire and sing Christmas carols so we all agreed yep. to do that because we thought Christmas is so commercial and all. and so anyway we stuck to that and after dinner we're sitting around trying to sing Christmas carols, and it's like, nobody really did buy anything for anybody. So we're all just kind of sitting at each other. It was the worst Christmas ever. I mean, it was just, it was so boring. I mean, yeah. I remember going over to some friend's house. Everybody kind of parted, and everybody left, and, and I thought... That, you know, like I say, I hate to be crass about it, but Christmas is about buying gifts and, and doing it. I mean, I, I'm not talking, I'm yeah. taking it out of the religious context, but even there, yeah. again, that's based, that whole thing came from, you know, the, the Christmas season. You know, the, the three kings brought gifts. I mean, you know, this whole idea that there was a time for gift giving. Yeah. And so it, that's, a, that's an important factor. And, you know, being in retail, <laughs> you really appreciate that kind <laughs> really of, important. how important that is. And we do get that from our customer, too, that sometimes they'll say, we're just going to go. Uh, this is where we've kind of, ca- you know, kind of cashed in on the holidays because some people say, well, this year we're just going to go to Florida or we're going to go to Hawaii on a cruise or whatever. But we still have to have something special. Sure. So they come to us, you know, rather than go to the mall and buy socks and underwear or sweaters, they will come to us because they're looking for that one special thing. So Maybe it's something special, local too, a sock monkey. And maybe that's the idea of commercialization, that instead of buying all these things that are just, it's kind of quantity, quantity issue, uh, you're you're focused and and maybe your family's focused at the time also on this idea of let's do something that's valuable and that's how that's you know getting back to your concept of how your retail store is built you have things of value in it mm-hmm. exactly and 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 at value is added to it yeah because it has that sort of when you give it to somebody you know so you have that, there again that that experience that's behind it uh you know that i think that's a, a real important thing well, Doc uh, and Jerry, your, your J.R. Corbin Center for Design, the concept store and art gallery in downtown Rockford, has been a staple in the Rockford area for many years, and we, uh, we look forward to seeing what comes uh, for your store in the near future. Thanks for being with us. Thank Thanks you very much. Having us.